Welcome to the Utility Finance Technology Podcast, where we learn from people in the regulated utility industry who influence and implement technology solutions. From process automations to system implementations to cloud versus on-prem considerations, we want to learn what benefits have people seen? What are some cautionary tales? And how do people see finance technology helping employees, shareholders, and ratepayers into the future? Today, I'll be chatting with Yelena Weissman, Senior Manager of Tax Technology at WEC Energy Group. Yelena is someone that, if I summed up what makes her so special, she has a vision for what life could be like. She's relentless in achieving that vision. But in contrast to other approaches, she does it by building and improving relationships along the way. During the interview, Yelena talks about how her team identifies the right areas to apply technology, how she navigates through the no's to get to a yes when asking for resources, and how her team took a three-month process down to one day and is now able to complete an audit-ready close in two hours every month. I'm so excited to welcome my longtime friend, Yelena Weissman, to the podcast. Yelena, welcome to the podcast. Um, This is probably the first time we've recorded one of these conversations, but certainly not the first time that we've talked about innovation and technology over the past, like, um, I don't know, 15 or 20 years. Does that sound about right? Am I thinking about that time frame right? Yeah, yeah. It's been 20 years for me as a utility tax person, but I think you and I go back about 15, 17 years, something like that. Sounds about right. So back then you were uh, you were something like senior senior tax analyst, something along those lines, and you have um, you were still kind of learning the uh, all all the special nuances of regulatory tax accounting, like reg assets and liabilities, all basically all those things that. You learn nothing about in school, right? And <laughs> yes. and uh, and and also, uh, from what I remember working with you, figuring out all of the things that can go wrong <laughs> in in regulatory tax accounting and the systems that you're dealing with. Uh, so trial by fi- fire for sure. But um, now uh, you are the senior manager of tax technology and systems. Um, so that's, that's an interesting title. Uh, I don't think I've heard that title, um, anywhere else, uh, in the industry. Can, can you walk me through kind of your history at WEC Energy Group and, and sort of how, how the, that role sort of came about? Uh, sure. Um, I don't think it's, that interesting, but who am I to judge? So there is actually a saying that I'm going to loosely translate from Russian, saying that you can call me uh, uh, like a pot, but don't put me inside the oven. So it really doesn't make that much difference how somebody is called, as long as, I guess, um, 
you know your responsibilities and you know what's expected from you. So, yes, I did start as a senior tax accountant. That was back in 2003. So 20 years later, I'm still here. And sometimes I can't even believe that because all my prior jobs in public accounting um, were three, four years. And then I got somewhat bored and jumped the ship. But I have mm -hmm. not been bored even a single day working <laughs> for utility companies. So yep. that's something to be said about our industry. Um, I started back in 2003 working with one company. And it was a large uh, company, the largest one still in our portfolio of over 40 companies. But still, it was one company. And I... I I was surprised by how different utility companies are from, you know, middle market manufacturing companies that I was involved in in my KPMG years. So right away, I, I looked at the balance sheet and I saw multiple deferred tax accounts. And I was running to my old boss saying, why do we have so many? Can we just combine them? Um, I don't understand. <laughs> why do we need to keep track of all of that? It just opens us to making so many mistakes. And he looked at me very patiently and said, well, learn. <laughs> don't make changes <laughs> until you learn. And that's been my kind of idea over the last 20 years. I try to learn as much as I can from people around me. I um, My favorite thing to do is when we do some sort of implementation is to watch how our consultants do something because I think that's the best way to, to learn is watching an expert uh, when they're doing something that they know how to do mm -hmm. and asking questions, obviously. But how I progress to where I am today just pure chance, I guess. Um, I went to training in Atlanta back in 2005 uh, and attended a demo um, that was about provision system. And I came back and told my old boss, uh, well, I saw something very interesting and it's much better than what we have right now, which was Excel. And can we implement it? And he said, okay, well, here is your budget. Here is the time frame. Implement. So we kind of crazily implemented provision in about three, four months. Wow. Uh, <laughs> it was bad. It was horrible. <laughs> oh, no. And I mean, we, we didn't really understand that to implement something, you need to first understand what the other system was doing to begin with and then find whatever best sides of the old regime and maybe implement the best sides into the new software. But you don't necessarily need to take whatever was done in the old system and put everything into new. Mm -hmm. That was not a good idea. But again, uh, first implementation was kind of a 
ugly thing. We stuck with it for a couple of years and then started to change and re-implement. And, you know, now we, I think one of the premier tax departments, I'm not afraid of bragging about us because uh, I'm proud of <laughs> what we've done um, as a team. And I think it's one of the best things that I was able to imagine many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. But now it's um, it's actually here and it's working and it still is one of the best things that I can imagine working with. Yep, I, I tend to agree. You've certainly come a lot. Now, I wasn't around when you were doing the uh, the Excel model in provision, but certainly I've seen the um, the maturity of of the software over time. And you know that that measured approach that you're talking about, which is basically you know let me let me utilize what what exists, let me learn, let me try to figure out what's really needed and maybe what can be discarded and what can be made better. Um, but but that's a slow, methodical process, right? That's not a big bang. Let me just, you know, technology is the answer. Let me just put everything I'm doing today in technology and magically everything's going to work better. Absolutely. You you can't take the old process and just automate it somehow with whatever tool is available to you and expect this process to work as well as something that you think about that you you know play around with a little bit and it's not the tool that makes your final product work it's the process of thinking about what you want to see where you start what you don't like about where you start and where you want to end i think that's the most important part of any implementation mm-hmm. that thought out process and Again, nobody is expecting one person to, you know, to think about the whole process and implement it. It's it's an approach where you need um, strong minds around you, and it obviously helps if those strong minds, you know, work in the same department because it saves mm-hmm. some, you know, consulting dollars. Uh, but not everyone is as lucky as I am. I have really, really cool team working yeah. with me and and also really cool consultants that I have relied of on for many, many years and I tend to stick with whatever works. Mm-hmm. Always a good philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so um all right. So you said I can call you a pot but don't put you in the oven. Um so <laughs> so maybe maybe help me uh understand so from a you know, what do you see in your role um, kind of as your primary responsibilities? Um, you know, again, kind of an interesting title. I, I think I, I'm just curious as to how you describe kind of who, who your <laughs> customers are and, and uh, what you see as your, your responsibilities to those those customers. Well, I, I honestly don't remember if you, Blake, is one of the fans of Game of Thrones. But in the Game of Thrones, there is a title of Protector of the Realm. And I I think of myself as a protector of our tax realm, 
I I want uh, I want to protect everything that we have built. I want to protect everything that we are going to build and that protection requires a lot of effort, a lot of attention that needs to be paid for in order not to allow oopses and you know small misses become become something larger something that becomes like an avalanche where you know little snowball starts rolling down the hill and mm-hmm. then it acquires more and more and more uh tons of snow and speed and then it destroys everything in its way so mm-hmm. For me, it's really important to find little oopses before they become large problems. And I I try to add value not just to text department processes, but, you know, if I see something that doesn't necessarily work on the book side or uh, something that, you know, today might be a small oops on somebody's part, but if we go with that oops all the way to monthly close, it mm-hmm. will become a larger problem. It will slow down the process. It will not allow us to, you know, load into provision properly and process everything that we're supposed to process. Or maybe for FERC purposes, for FERC reporting, yes, in February, you you might not think in terms of FERC forms that you need to file next February. But if I see something in February or March of this year that I know will be a problem to our book friends in about a year, I better let them know about it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like a watchdog, <laughs> uh, making sure that stuff stays on rails and you know train continues to run on schedule. And somehow I usually problems I might not necessarily know how to fix something that's Mm -hmm. why I need my trusted consultants but if I see something that doesn't work um, either ASI tells me that it doesn't work or um, it's something that I just you know, I know somehow with my 20-year experience that something doesn't make sense, something doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so maybe. All right. So, so I'm not a I'm not a Game of Thrones fan. That's not me. Um, I, okay. I think I know who you might be talking about there. But, uh, but yeah, not something. Uh, not something I've ever gotten into, but certainly that term protector of the realm. I think I, I think I can get the gist of that. Um, so maybe maybe it'd be helpful to hear um, an example. You know, you said you, you want I want I think what you said is I want to protect everything that we build. So um, c- can you think of a of an example of where you built you implement or you implemented something? It was either a system or maybe a new uh, uh, responding to new tax uh, legislation or accounting regs or something like that, where where you implemented something, but you 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 put put up the protections uh, around that, if you will. 
Absolutely. So back in 2015, um, the company that I started working for merged with another utility company, also uh, our in-state and, you know, out of state, but headquarters, headquartered in our state company. And we started looking at all our systems and we were very, very fortunate that um, department, tax department I worked for and the department we were merging with were very extremely good uh, provision users, power tax users, and in general, very knowledgeable tax departments on both sides. So we put our brains together and we um, invented this tax technology solution that was implemented between 2016 and 2018. We call this uh, implementation now ERP implementation because it was done at the same time that our book friends were going live uh, in 2018 with SAP. Mm-hmm. Previously, it was not just SAP. SAP was on one side and another GL system was on the other side. But we went with SAP and we hitched our tax wagon to ERP project because, well, if books are changing, tax also needs to change. And mm-hmm. so between 2016 and 2018, we have uh, designed, built, tested, went live with an integrated um, picture for of all our tax systems. We have re-implemented tax repairs. We have re-implemented provision uh, and power tax. And also our plant friends have re-implemented uh, some stuff on the power plant side. So when we went live, again, it was a little bit of a hectic experience because as we were going, as we were preparing to go live in December of 2017, you probably remember that um, some major tax law changes came about. Yep. And so as we were going live, we were also trying to recalculate all of our deferreds and uh, trying to come up with what exactly do we need in this new provision system? What exactly do we need in that power tax? What's protected? What's unprotected? And it was, honestly, it was overwhelming. (laughs) Um, And it was scary because we didn't just need to preserve what we had before we went live. We had to preserve it, recalculate it, put new stuff in, new provision, and still pretend that last year true up is happening in the old world. And mm-hmm. you know, new stuff was already here. So it, it was a big puzzle that we had to put together. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we did put this puzzle together, but then I started to lose sleep at night because it was basically impossible for um, uh, controls freak like (laughs) like (laughs) I am to still sleep well at night and know that all everything was talking to each other all those systems were still 
balanced like they were when we went live. Any change that was made anywhere in provision by loading new months or in power tax by calculating tax return case versus year-end estimate, everything was a big unknown and we had no idea how to watch how to make sure that everything stays as clean as it was on the day that we went live. So uh, fortunately for me, I already knew about ASI. And um, we started to, uh, I wouldn't call it real implementation because it wasn't official implementation. Mm -hmm. It was something that um, RCC consultants were using during our ERP process and um, being a curious cat that I am, I started to ask for some examples of how I can use it. And you, Blake, created a test case for me in two or three days that allowed me to review some repair stuff that was everybody kept telling me is impossible to review. Just forget about it. It's not possible. It's not doable. Well, you took three days and it was possible and it was repeatable and it was there in front of me to use every single month if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. So ASI team um, started building reconciliations for me. And those reconciliations basically allowed us to stay clean, stay um well again maybe we're not necessarily perfect in everything we do but what we are perfect in is catching our own mistakes mm -hmm. asi allows us to look at everything that was done and find stuff that wasn't done as well as it should have been done mm -hmm. so if you load from power tax into provision. Those systems talk to each other, but unfortunately, there's sometimes little mismapped items or um, anytime humans get involved in any automation activities, humans tend to make mistakes. So as an example, if I'm connecting PowerTax gas assets to provision, I know to watch out for gas needs to go into gas, but sometimes it's unavoidable and people sometimes do make mistakes and gas can go into electric M item. And if you don't catch it, uh, it, will con it will continue to build a small problem into larger problem into larger problem and then avalanche will wipe out your provision completely mm -hmm. so watching out for little mismatches watching out for items that were created in one system but didn't necessarily get mapped to another system um, stuff like that is basically almost impossible to do without something that will help you. You know, I know people use Excel, still use Excel to review their power tax cases. And it's fine. I used Excel 
for many, many years. Unfortunately, it also meant that for a couple weeks, two, three weeks a year, each year, I would sit in my cubicle barking at my co-workers, barking at my boss, and basically crying because I, I couldn't reconcile quip on both sides. I couldn't really understand where my differences were coming from and why whatever I loaded into provision didn't tie to power tax. Now ASI allows me complete visibility into exactly what's not working mm-hmm. and allowing you to see out of hundreds and hundreds, thousands of transactions, uh, one or two that might be a problem. It's impossible to, to do without um, some sort of automation. Mm-hmm. You need to have eyes like an eagle and mm-hmm. watch out every little thing that people are doing on a daily basis. And still, you won't be able to catch everything that ASI catches in five-minute run. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I I remember... I remember so well those those days. I mean, you you know, I asked you for, uh, hey, can you tell me a time when you know you had a a, a change that you had to implement? And at that time, I, there were there were like a hundred different things that were changing, right? You had yeah, you had uh, you had a merger, you had um, massive system upgrades, like your your SAP was being upgraded at the same time you had a lot of new systems that uh that were coming in and of course yeah then the uh the gift <laughs> depending on how you look at it the gift of TCJA uh right there uh at the end of 2017 to make all of our christmases extra special that year um but uh but yeah you had so much going on and uh and tax for anybody that's listening to this that doesn't know i mean Every department, every department relies on data that's upstream to some extent to uh, to to come up with your your final calculation. But tax, maybe more than any other department, maybe tax and regulatory together um, rely completely on data that really comes uh, from other parts of the organization um, that that feed the the calculation. So. Your team is tasked with uh, making sure that that data is correct, even though you don't have control over it, as well as, you know, making sure that the the systems that you control um, stay correct. So you kind of got a, a a really heavy load uh, on your team. So to your point, uh, you know, thinking thinking of, I guess I don't know, outside of the box is an overused term, but. Uh, you know, you you and I have a, a a cartoon that that we like to start a lot of our presentations with, right? It's that it's, I think it's a Far Side cartoon cartoon, right? Where you've got the the person pulling the cart, uh, and uh, and he's and the wheels on the cart are square shaped, yes. and then somebody comes up with a round wheel, just kind of showing it to them, and the guy pulling the cart says, "No, I don't have time." <laughs> for that exactly so so you you've always done a great job you and your team have always done a great job of just just looking at what you're doing and recognizing that you know i i'm pretty sure there has to be a better way to do this and your example of uh with tax repairs you know you're you in that example Mm -hmm. 
if I remember correctly, you're you're again you're looking at data that's operations related data. It's nothing. It's not even accounting really at that point. It's it's work management data, but that ultimately uh, drives a you know a very large tax deduction. And yeah, you could say, well, you know, what can we do? Well, I guess we can wait for audit to come in and look at it, or maybe we can maybe sample it, but still that's going to be a big pain. What if, what if we could actually just reach in and look at that data ourselves automatically? Just, just the vision that you and your team have, I think, real is one of the things that, that sets you apart. You know, your willingness not to just accept, well, you know, I guess this is as good as it's going to get. You're, you're always thinking about ways to, to move the ball forward and to improve. Thank you. Thank you for your kind words. We try. <laughs> you do a great job. You do a great job for sure. Um, so, well, on, on that line, so, you know, I, I guess someone might say, look, you know, I yes, I know there's any number of ways that I can improve. I mean, I, I think with any area of life, with any area of our, our careers, with our families, we could say, well, we could always do it better. So, you, you but you can't just do everything, right? So, so how do you, how do, what, what kind of thought process do you go through to kind of determine how to allocate, you know, your team's time and resources uh, toward the kind of the most valuable, uh, impactful things? Well, usually um, building something new, uh, some guardrails around the process start with a break in the process usually since we have automated as much as we could uh, probably around beginning of pandemic we have started looking at items where we had unexpected problems we might look at um, an old process that was built and was working pretty well also but something was a slowness inside that process so as an example a few years ago when we started to really really automate every single tax return adjustment and started to automate well we have automated um, everything that we're loading for our monthly close we found this process tax overhead also called IDT5 that was taking a lot of time and was really a black box that nobody understood. We relied on a model that was created by one of the public accounting firms for us years ago. And that model changed ownership uh, so it was moved between different team members in our tax department and it was a mess so instead of trying to really try to understand what what was inside that black box and find problems that potentially existed in there we have decided to re-engineer the process um, and was ASI's and RCC's help, we have broke down that black box into smaller chunks of data. Mm -hmm. So we understood what was driving this calculation much, much better than we did before. We have automated um, how data was coming to us in tax department 
from our accounting friends. We have um, automated review of that Excel model, but we, we still use Excel to calculate IDD5. But mm-hmm. everything that goes inside that Excel and everything that comes out is completely transparent. We know every single master data set that is used to populate this Excel. We know everything that comes out and where, um, you know, items might be not, formula might be broken inside Excel. It will become immediately transparent with the help of dashboard dedicated to this calculation. So now instead of spending one team member spending I'm not exaggerating three full months trying to calculate this one adjustment for all our utility companies. Mm. Now it takes 10 minutes for uh, everything to be loaded and then maybe a couple hours and I'm probably exaggerating (laughs) Uh, for prepared to make sure everything still works inside that Excel model and then getting information out and reviewing that information, making sure that everything that was calculated actually um, should be calculated. This whole process can take a day, Mm -hmm. one day, and it's probably, uh, probably less than a day. Because when we do it for year-end purposes, when we do our estimate, we now calculate November estimate for IDD5, and we're able to incorporate it in our year-end close, and so our true-up becomes much, a lot less significant than it used to be. But a day versus three months, I think that's a really <laughs> big change. It's it's a huge change, yeah, and and I think what I yeah that's massive. Gosh, it's hard to even wrap my head around that. But um, the uh, the thing that I think I I kind of keyed in on there. Tell me if this is right. Is that you know again your, your team does so many different things. Um, so when you're you're looking at across the board at everything that your team is responsible for. When you look for areas that are that are most where you're going to get the most value um, out of process improvement, application of technology, application of automation, it sounds like a big component of that is what processes are the ones where I just don't have much visibility right now, where where I'm. I, I, you know, from an audit perspective, it's going to take me a very long time to uh, even get my own head around the, you know, how, how this, uh, what this calculation is doing and proving it or, and then providing support for it. And, and so when, when you look across the board, it seems like looking for the areas where you have the least visibility, potentially the highest risk, those are key, uh, considerations when you're figuring out where to allocate your, your time and resources. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And also, again, when somebody does make a mistake and something is not caught on time and it becomes bigger problem, we always try our first line of defense is my boss asked me, have we built a SI process to review it going forward mm-hmm. before we actually fix something that was not working? We always implement a review around this process so going forward we will not repeat the same mistake 
Mm-hmm. That is actually it's a it's a skeleton on which our all our processes are now being built. Okay. Also, I'm a little bit of a um, lazy person. I don't mm-hmm. like running reports. I don't like printing reports. I don't like tying and ticking and killing trees in the process. So for me, um, that inability to, I mean, I'm able to, but not not liking printing out reports and tying out reports, that to me is a huge benefit of automation of review because review is done exactly the same way every single time and every single time you're getting same benefits from fast, repeatable review that you build around a process mm-hmm. and you don't need to kill trees in, in that process. So that's a double whammy. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, all right. So I think maybe time for just a couple of more, couple more questions. So um, when you identify uh, something that you'd like to get done, you know, to, and generally that's going to, that's going to require some, some of your team's time at a minimum, uh, potentially some some cost for consultants or or uh, you know just an ask for maybe some help from your own internal IT groups. Um, I just just you know the, I've seen you operate through the years and and you are one of just the most well con- uh, well connected <laughs> and well liked people that I've ever come across. But but. It's not you're well liked because you don't ask for things. <laughs> you know, you're you're well liked and you go and you and you push for things. Like you you go and say, hey, you know, if somebody says no, you say, okay, but let me explain myself. Let me let me help you come see my my or help you see my kind of way of looking at the world. You you do do a fantastic job of that. And that helps you, I think, get things done, you know, to 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 kind of uh, see the red tape and understand it and, and figure out how to work your way through it. Is there any, any magic that you would <laughs> share with, with, uh, the listeners to, to know how do you, how do you get that done? Cause that's a huge battle sometimes to fight, to get the resources for those projects. Yes, it is a huge battle. And <laughs> I guess my motto in life in terms of treating people, I always try to treat people the way I like to be treated and I think it's a golden rule that applies to all areas in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of trying to get something done that people around you don't necessarily see as beneficial, I think explaining in simple terms what exactly you are trying to accomplish and how it will benefit not just the tax department, but how it benefits everyone, how it benefits um, ratepayers and how it will benefit uh, our company in terms of cash out the door. Mm -hmm. And just presenting various views of those benefits to various departments, I think speaking their language and again, uh, for somebody who learned English no, it wasn't my first language, as you can honestly can hear in my, <laughs> my accent. But I think it helps 
speaking different languages to different departments. So if you're mm. talking to uh, somebody who only speaks financial accounting, mm-hmm. you want to present them with one viewpoint. But if you're talking to uh, regulators, so if you're talking to rate makers, they want to hear rate-based language and they want to hear about benefiting ratepayers and how people will pay less uh, every day for electricity just because we are implementing tax repairs, as an example. Mm -hmm. So you need to find common ground and speak language that the other person on the other side of the table that you're presenting to um, is also speaking. And sometimes you just have to persist. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, many times um, I have been told, no, that's not in the budget. No, it's not possible. We don't have people. We don't have resources. We don't have uh, money budgeted. But you just have to hit your head against that wall many, <laughs> many times until either yeah. your head breaks or the wall crumbles. So you, they say, no, you hear not yet. <laughs> Maybe. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I hear, just wait for a little bit and try yeah. again. Yeah. Well, you, I love... You, you really shouldn't take no as a final answer. Yeah. Well, I, I love what you said, too. I mean, it, you know, m- most folks in any company, and especially, I think, in utilities, don't really understand what happens in tax, right? <laughs> like what your team is mm-hmm. doing. You kind of speak a different language, so... um you know, to, to to just go go to someone and say, well, here's what tax needs and here's why tax needs it. Um, I could see how that would fall flat. Um, but but if you. I, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I think it's really important to educate people outside of tax about mm-hmm. why it's important for them to know about tax. They don't need to be experts. I don't want people in the field climbing poles to think about tax attributes. Right, because they need to think about safety and reliability. But I do want them to know whatever they're doing and however they're recording what they've done will have potential benefits as an example for tax repairs down the line. So educating people, putting something in front of them that will open their eyes for potential benefits or potential problems down the road if IRS agents were to come in and find something that was not done properly, will pay interest, will pay penalties. And that also, not to scare anyone, uh, but just to present true information. And people usually like to hear um, why something is being done, not, you know, not just because tax department wants it done. There mm-hmm. has to be a reason behind that. Yes. Yep, absolutely. Yep, that's that's a great that's a great point and you guys do that as well as anyone that I've I've come across just helping to educate the entire company on the importance of this you know, what you're doing down here in this little corner of accounting called called tax. Yeah, so, my, my boss calls it my dog and pony show. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's a great description. So, okay, well, final final question for you, Elena. When and this this may be a little bit tough because you've done an awful lot. 
uh, on uh, or your whole team really has done an awful lot transformationally uh, over the past few years. But when you think over the past five to 10 years, what are you most proud of uh, from a sort of technology or, or modernization perspective uh, in your in your team? I think our close process, because that's a process that we use at least 12 times a year, and it saves tremendous amount of effort on everyone's part. It saves a lot of time, both for us in tax department, as well as people downstream from us, financial reporting, planning, forecasting, rate making. They get their information faster and they don't need to uh, jump through multiple hoops to get uh, their their stuff done on a timely matter. When I started back in 2003, close was taking days. And, you know, sometimes it was days information would be provided to us on workday five and maybe by workday seven or eight, we would send something back. Mm-hmm. And when we send that stuff back, uh, well, we we knew it was working in terms of ETR, but we really didn't understand how everything was tying together and how everything was um, working on a big puzzle viewpoint. Right now, our close process takes a few hours. So after books are completely done, after last company has been provided to us on workday five, we usually take a couple more hours and that involves consolidation, unitary calculation, APB28 calculation, um, then review of every single of our 40 plus companies uh, through ASI to make sure everything on that green uh, on that dashboard is completely green and 100% reconciled. Mm-hmm. And then we provide information, send that information back to SAP, to BW, and this final process of our monthly close, we create the SACS work papers. So our SACS controls uh, are completely done uh, sort of minutes after last entry is posted to SAP and made its way into BW. So for me, that's the probably the most impressive to my own ears mm-hmm. uh, process that we have automated. And our year-end process also takes a few hours. Wow. And after... After we're done closing year-end, um, the same day or maybe four, five, six hours later, we have every single PBC ready for our external audit team. We have all our SACS controls completely automated and ready to go. It's just a matter of exporting PDFs and you know saving everything. But we know we know that everything looks good. Uh, feels really tight and 100% reconciled. One area of potential improvement that I still want to see is FERC compliance. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have automated that as much as we could with provision reporting and 
you know, certain exports from various systems, but it still requires us manual intervention on many people parts, which I don't like. So sure. eventually all our reporting will be as tight as our close controls. Yeah. Yeah. What you've done with the monthly close is, is so it's, just, it's unlike anything, not even close to anything that I've seen anywhere else. You know, I, I just don't know of anybody else that's doing it that, you know, not not just finishing close, but but finishing close confident that everything is right within hours. I, I think most people would would think you're lying <laughs> when you say that you do that. I, I, honestly, it. I would I would honestly think that I was lying myself if I didn't know. And you can ask any member of our tax team. Uh, they they're all proud of what we've built and their their lives became easier because we don't need to manually enter hundreds of transactions anymore yeah. into provision and at any moment in time we know every single um adjustment in our tax return is fully supported by some underlying data mm-hmm. to me that's priceless because just knowing where your adjustments are coming from was a big battle years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, now we're tying down to a penny. So it's, yeah. I mean, it, it's cool. It's, it's un- really un- cool. Unparalleled, unparalleled for sure. Yeah. Well, Yelena, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to to chat with me today. I know you are always uh, very busy, <laughs> so uh, but but not nearly as busy as you used to be, right? Um, yes. And uh, you know, I value any any minute that I can spend with you, and always learn something new. So so thank you so much for for taking the time. No, thank you for. Uh, finding me interesting enough to record your podcast. I'm, <laughs> All right. I'm honestly humbled. I, you know, I I should probably say it more, but I I don't understand how what we've done here is that different from what other people are doing. So if somebody can learn from our experience, yeah, I'm always happy to talk to people. You know, so I know. Feel yep. free to call me. all right Yelena thank you I appreciate it have a great rest of the day okay thanks bye all right bye thanks for joining the regulated capital conversations podcast with Blake Andrews hey you made it to our very first podcast which means you've got to be someone special to us so thank you we're excited about upcoming conversations we'll have with technology superstars in our industry like Yelena. So make sure you follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're also excited to hear from you. If there's someone you'd like to hear on the podcast, or if you would like to share something yourself, please feel free to reach out to us at podcast at regulatedconversations.com. Who knows? Maybe the next guest on Regulated Capital Conversations is you. We'll see you back again for our next episode soon.